This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit allentempleamecom slash donate. Thank you for listening. Our scripture that was previously read came from Paul's letter to the Romans. It was the 10th chapter and the 13th through the 15th verses. And it reads on this wise. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then are they to call on him in whom they have not believed? How are they to believe in him whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without a preacher? But how are they to preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. Today, many of us in our society are challenged with things that compete for our attention. Yeah. Our lives have become so busy and so distracted that if we are not careful, other things will work effectively to keep our minds and our hearts off of the things of God. As such, pastors and leaders of congregations have to be very diligent in keeping the hearts and the minds of people focused on the things that have real and true eternal value. In this church, and I can only speak for this church, the work that we do is not designed to make people happy or comfortable or solve some kind of problem that we see within our society, even though those things can and are important. To be clear, the work that we do in this church is to bring people closer to God. And we do this because of the mandate that is found in the book of Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, where we know it reads, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. That is the mandate. So the work of this church is to be witnesses to the kingdom of God and in so doing, we will receive power that comes from the Holy Spirit. Amen. But sadly, so many of us have become so distracted by things that compete for our attention and we have forgotten our witness. Therefore, therefore, we end up living powerless lives. But my brothers and my sisters, it is important for you to understand that you were made by God. You were made for God. And you were made to love God. And in the direct expression of your love for God, it is manifested in your love for your neighbor, even as you love yourselves. Mm -hmm. This is what is required of all of us, as stated in the two great commandments and what is central to our witness. But our society has devolved to the point where it has become hard to love God. 
hard to love others and even hard to love ourselves because we are constantly bombarded by images that either tell us God is not real, that others are better than us, and here's the kicker, that we, we are not good enough. Well, despite all that we see in society, despite all of the distractions, despite everything that competes for our attention, I have for you today a message that I have titled appropriately for a number of reasons, but I come with a message of good news of good things. Good news of good things, a message from our mission to Guatemala. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you, Lord, that we were able to successfully go to Guatemala and to do the work that you have called us to do. We are truly grateful, Lord, for the people here in our church and all those who are even online who supported the work. And we thank you, Lord, that we were able to fulfill that work. We pray now, Lord, for the people of Guatemala. We pray, O oh God, that our witness was not one of just simply seeing new friends again, but that it was an, op an opportunity and a time to connect and to grow the kingdom of God. We thank you for this ministry. Now, Lord, these people have come to hear a word from you. Help me to contextualize it in a way that is meaningful to them and meaningful to all who will hear. Bless this time now, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. When I entered seminary, one of the first classes I took was a class called Perspectives on Missions, taught by Professor Chuck Davis. The purpose of the course was to provide students with practical tools for making disciples of all nations. The class literally was teaching us how to do exactly what God had asked us to do and to recognize that when we're making disciples, we're actually doing this in partnership with God. Needless to say, the course had such a profound impact on me that as I sat in that classroom, I made a vow. And the vow that I made was that if I ever became a pastor of any church anywhere in the world, I will do everything in my power to make that church missional. That was the vow that I made to God. Now it has been 17 years since I sat in that classroom. And for the past 10 years, for 10 years, I have served in this church, my first pastoral charge as pastor, this church. And we have been in those 10 years involved in global missions for eight years, two of which was not, didn't happen because of the pandemic. So for the 10 years that I've been in this church, we have made missions work, the work of global missions, a central focus of this church. Since I made that vow, we have made the work of global missions in this church a singular activity that uses more resources, that uses more money, that uses more energy and more time than anything else because we've been committed to the work of global missions. Since I made that vow, we've struggled to pay our operations bills, our denominational assessments, and even my salary because of our commitment to the work of global missions. Since I made that vow, we've been blessed as a church congregation with renovations and upgrades because of our commitment to the work of global missions. So since I made that vow to make our church 
missional, we've seen the handiwork of God to the point that this once dirty little white church on the corner has become the place where hope can be found. And so our witness to the goodness and the faithfulness of God cannot be denied, for we have received power as the Holy Spirit has come upon all of us. And the evidence is clear. So today as I stand before you, and as I've done every year since honoring my vow to make this church missional, I want to tell you three things about missions work as I provide you with this, our eighth global missions report on Guatemala 2023, and, and try to show you why you are a part of something so much greater than yourselves. I really want to tell you good news of good things. As I said, I'm proud to be back after serving on the mission field in Guatemala for the past 10 days, I and those that went with me. As I said before, we've not been able to go there for the past two years due to the pandemic. And for those of us who have been there before, it was really like going home. We were warmly greeted when we arrived at the airport with people with signs saying, Bienvenidos. Did I say that right? Welcome. Telling us, you know, we, they were just so happy to see us that even while we were coming as part of a 20 mission, 20 people team, there were some that were looking and wow, it was their first time, but they couldn't necessarily understand the nature of the greeting. It was connecting to people that we had built relationships with that we can't even, many of us speak the language, but we've made relationships over the past 10 years. And needless to say, we, we, every morning we had devotions at 6.30 a.m., which served to set the tone for everything that was going to happen throughout the course of the day. And <laughs> depending on how the day went, at 9 p.m. at night, we try to have our reflections on what took place that day. And it was amazing how everything that we had in our devotions played itself out throughout the course of the day. God showed up in ways that we would never have imagined unless we had first set that morning tone. I had the privilege of serving as the spiritual guide on this particular trip, and it's an honor that I will cherish for the rest of my life. Now, I certainly cannot paint for you in this message all of the nuances, all of the confusions, the joys, the rebukes, the celebrations, the disappointments, etc. But allow me to publicly give you two highlights that's worthy of note. One good and one not so good. Let's start with the good. Right off the bat, 36 souls were saved. 36 souls were saved. Did y'all hear me? 36 souls were saved. And, and, and the feather in my cap, and I can take it, one of those souls was a soldier that came to me right after I was invited to speak at a Guatemalan military academy as the first African-American and civilian ever invited to do so. Amen. The soldier asked for Jesus to enter his heart and for him to be a good soldier. And right there on the spot, I prayed for him. And afterwards, he replied to me in the English he could speak, you are my pastor. Brothers and sisters, this is witness. This is kingdom work. 
This is the power of God Almighty. And if you are a kingdom-minded believer, this is good news of good things. Now for the not so good. The work of ministry is never ever a call to lord our gifts, whatever they may be, over other people. For some of us, we've been given great gifts. Gifts of prophecy, gifts of teaching, and yes, even gifts of healing. But unless those gifts are nurtured and developed and peppered with the maturity that comes with the work of the Holy Spirit, we can sometimes attempt to use those gifts and end up doing more harm than good. Sadly, we had one such experience that left not only a fragile community suspicious of us, but also left some of our team, our own team, anxious, confused, and embarrassed, myself included. To enter any community without fully understanding yourself and your authority within that community can often interfere with your witness. Yet while that is true, the work of God is all important. And while it does require us to be uncomfortable and to take risks, to abandon our comfort zones, to live out our faith, to lean on it, and to challenge our deeply held beliefs, the work of missions is always for us, but it's always about other people. So despite the not so good that took place on this missions trip, we were still able to bless that community and 35 out of the 36 souls were saved. Amen. This is witness. Yes. This is the work of the kingdom. And this, my brothers and sisters, this is the power of God Almighty. Because despite our own shortcomings, yes. all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So even in the midst of when you don't think you've got it all together, even in the midst of when failure seems to be knocking at your doorstep, even in the midst where all of your good intentions fall short, God still closes the gap. God still, through the power of his Holy Spirit, makes sure that his work will be done. God is good all the time and he's good even when we are not so good Amen. with that said let's look at the relevance of all of this in our text reading again from the book of romans the 10th chapter and the 13th to the 15th verses for everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved how then are they to call on him in whom they have not believed how are they to believe in him whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without a preacher? But how are they to preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. The first point I want to highlight is that our work of missions is biblical. Look carefully again at verse 15. Well, verse 14, how are they to call on him in whom they have not believed? How are they to believe in him whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without a preacher? Preaching is the major means chosen by God and used by the church to communicate the good news of Jesus Christ's redemptive work with people. 
namely that Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. That's the good news of the gospel. And although preaching has changed over the centuries and we see a lot of people who are doing a lot more motivational speaking and inspirational speaking than preaching the gospel, the preaching of God's word is going to get through regardless of what we choose to do. Brothers and sisters, there are times when I'm speaking that I can motivate, but I'm not a motivational speaker. There are times when I'm speaking I can inspire but I'm not an inspirational speaker. Let it be clear. I am a preacher of the gospel and I bring good news of good things. And I use all the gifts that God has given to me and I bring it all together according to his will so that you and everyone else can hear good news of good things. But the preaching of the gospel, while it has changed over the time, it is still the primary means through which the proclamation, evangelization, and instruction is given that is necessary for 36 souls to be saved. In fact, the Apostle Paul, arguably the greatest preacher and the, certainly the greatest missionary since Jesus himself, was an ambassador for Christ, meaning he was sent as a commissioned person, an ambassador for the kingdom of God, and took his place as the mouthpiece of God and of Christ to address all people. Paul was a missionary. And because of his obedience to the biblical mandate to go and make disciples of all nations, you and I can today say that we are saved. So our missions work to Guatemala. It's biblical. And wherever we go to preach, we bring more than toys and toiletries. We bring good news of good things. Secondly, our work of missions is experiential. There are many organizations around the world that do very good humanitarian work. Organizations, of course, such as the Red Cross and a host of others do even what I would call excellent work. But for the most part, when it comes to tragedies and disasters to which they respond, most people, most people prefer to send in donations so that other people can do the work. Am I talking to somebody? Most people like to send donations so that other people can do the work. Now, I'm certainly not knocking that, but I will say this, that, 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 that while that is acceptable on many levels, as it relates to the gospel of Jesus Christ, sending money to get the word of God out is not the work of disciples. Well, well. Sending money, especially for the support of the work of this ministry at Allen Temple, is crucial for our survival. But we must be very clear about this one thing. If we are to be credible witnesses to the truth of Jesus Christ and if souls are to be saved we simply must not we simply must know the truth ourselves we must experience it for ourselves as well and sometimes the only way to experience the power of the gospel in our lives is to go where we are sent look again at the text verse 15 but how are they to preach unless they are sent. It would be, a listen, it would be a lot less costly for our church to raise money, collect the Beanie Babies, and simply ship them off 
to Pastor Rafi and Last Call Ministries. It'd be very easy. And for the most part, we could also include that in our annual conference report and be happy. But is that what we want to do? Which brings me to make for all of us a very important distinction between mission work and the work of missions. Mission work is about programs and efforts to support other relevant organizations. It is the kind of work that we see with many churches and organizations such as the Women's Missionary Society, which according to our book of discipline, not my words, works to support organizations and units to carry out God's mission in the church, watch this, while advocating for peace, justice, and human rights for women, children, elderly, and families. Now, this work is extremely important. Don't misunderstand me. And we, and we as a church would be impotent without the support of groups like the Women's Missionary Society. But to be very clear, they do mission work, not the work of missions. In fact, even our church has a mission statement, which you all know, right? It says, we are a beloved community, deeply rooted in our faith, attending to the spiritual, social, physical, and psychological needs of others for the advancement of the kingdom of God. I say our mission statement every single Sunday. And notice that our mission statement is about meeting the natural needs of people, and so it's called a mission statement, not missions statement. Notice the difference with the S at the end. This statement is about our mission work, not about our work of missions. Mm -hmm. The work of missions refers to, watch this, the incarnation, demonstration, and proclamation of the gospel to the unevangelized and the least evangelized people of the world with the goal of making disciples and planting churches. This work is not about programs or fundraisers or societies or organizations or humanitarian aid or social justice or civil rights or freedom or anything else that people put on, use to put on a form of godliness in society. While I agree and support the fact that God calls all kinds of people to do all kinds of work in our society, the work of missions is specific and it is clear. It is the incarnation and demonstration and the proclamation of the good news of Jesus Christ to people who don't know him. And for people who don't know him, they need to be introduced to him by people who have had their own experience with him. If you have never experienced the love of God in your life, it's difficult for you to tell somebody about Jesus. If Jesus has never made his way to your doorstep, I don't care how holy you think you might be, you can't tell somebody about somebody you don't know. And that's why I'm glad for this ministry, for every time we open those doors, Jesus shows up. And when Jesus shows up, you have an opportunity and a chance to meet him. And it is my honor and it is my privilege to introduce you to the master. That's why we as a church, we don't send we go. We go because we know what Jesus Christ did for us. That while we were yet sinners, dead in our trespasses and dead in the uncircumcision of our flesh, dead in our sins, Jesus Christ made us alive. He forgave 
all of our sins and he canceled the charge of the legal deadness which stood against us and condemned us Jesus took it all away nailing it to the cross and because we have experienced this tremendous work of love and grace in our lives we have to go and tell it we can't send enough money to tell it we can't send enough beanie babies to tell it we can't send enough toiletries to tell it we can't send enough defibrillators to tell it we can't send enough men's kits or women's kits or children's kits to tell it we have to tell it and the only way that we can tell it is if we go that's why we as a church we don't send we go so our missions work to Guatemala is experiential and whenever and wherever we go to preach we bring the good news we bring more than toys and toiletries we bring good news of good things and I'm telling you all of this to get to my last point and that is our work of missions is critical the critical part of Paul's text is found in verse 13 which again reads for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The text says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the most critical point of this message. Unless souls are saved, nothing, nothing is saved. It's just that simple. Our work of missions is critical for the advancement of the God's kingdom right here on earth. This is why Jesus, when he was asked, Lord, teach us to pray. He said, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come yes, sir. on earth as it is in heaven. Brothers and sisters, are you seeing the kingdom of God yet? If you're not seeing the kingdom of God, then I pray the Holy Spirit opens up your spiritual eyes because Jesus is walking and he's alive and well and he's moving despite what CNN, Fox News, or MSNBC chooses to say. Jesus is alive and well and maybe we can't see him. Some of us is because <laughs> we don't know him. But I got good news of good things. Because there's a few people in this church. I know there's a few people in this church that would love to introduce you to him. For they walk and their feet are beautiful as they bring good news of good things. But, 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 but I want you to really understand the critical nature of our work of missions Look with me at Paul's second letter to Timothy, chapter 4, reading from verse 1 through 4. And listen carefully. Paul says this. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching but have itching ears they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths brothers and sisters 
that time ain't coming. That time is now. There's a lot of people that don't want to go to churches that preach the truth because they're uncomfortable. So they'd rather hear a preacher tell them, listen, you know, this is your best day. This is your season. How do you, how do you know that? God told me to tell you that if you give $100, you got a $1,000 blessing waiting for you. Why would God tell you and not me? People are hanging around with their itching ears wanting to hear every other wind of doctrine except that you must repent and believe the gospel. The time is coming when what we are preaching will no longer be accepted to a vast majority of people. In fact, like I said, it's already happening and people, because people are making the gospel, and if you watch the news, they're making the gospel about freedom, guns, and babies. Nothing to do with saving souls. My brothers and my sisters, this is an urgent call to recognize that things are about to get much worse. And time is running out. We know not the hour or the day when Christ will return. But something inside of me is telling me that we need to step up our game. And get the word out to as many people as we can, for the hour is shortly at hand. That's why I made the investment in cameras. Because this is the world we live in, and we need to get people hearing the gospel. I really don't know, I really don't know what else to tell you in order to stress the importance of the work that we're trying to do here at Allen Temple. But I can at least promise you this, that with the help of Almighty God, and with his Holy Spirit. We will not stop until we get more souls into the kingdom. This is, amen, this is our work of missions. And it is, no pun intended, missions critical. Missions critical. So, as I close, Every one of you online or here that support the work of this ministry, you are a part of the missional work of Allen Temple. And you are part of something so much greater than yourselves. And even though sometimes you may not feel like it, you are making a difference in the lives of people, many people, some of whom you may never ever get a chance to meet but all of whom has been touched by your love and by your prayers all of you have made a difference in the lives of someone even though you may never ever meet them you are directly involved in sending those of us who have been given the privilege to go and we do not go without your sending and without your blessing. We do not go. For as the text says, but how are they to preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. So as our society grapples with its many distractions 
as long as we are, get this, the beautiful white church on the corner. Our mission's work to Guatemala will remain biblical, it will remain experiential, and it will remain critical wherever we go to preach. For we bring more than toys and toiletries. We bring good news of good things. And that's the gospel truth. And this has been my Global Missions Report on Guatemala 2023. May God richly, richly bless you, my beloved.